how you make an entrance, when everybody's watching you, when everybody's looking at you, how you make an entrance says a lot about you. <laughs> I've, done a lot of, I've done a lot of weddings lately, and right after the wedding, during the reception, there's a time when the bridal party comes in, and then there's this grand entrance of the bride and the groom. And so when Elise and I, when we got married, we just kind of walked in, uh, mostly because I'm a bad dancer, and I did, Elise didn't want me to embarrass her. But some people, they have dance skills. I mean, they've got sweet dance moves. So they want to show those off. And so when they come in, they show off those sweet dance moves. And some people will even like to booty dance. Uh, and yeah, I said that. I said, now, now, hold on, hold on. Now, now, listen, one of the things I love to do is when that happens, I like to look around at the people watching. And there's a, there, there's a certain age when um, certain generations uh, were not exposed to booty dancing. And so they're not sure what to do. And so they're not sure if they should look away. They're not sure if they should laugh. Uh, they're not sure if they should just shake their head. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making that kind of entrance. Maybe I would do that if I knew how to booty dance, but I don't. But today, <laughs> today we're not going to talk about that. We're talking, about, you're welcome. We're talking about Jesus's grand entrance. And we're talking about, we're talking about what it means for us. The entrance, when everybody is watching him, what kind of entrance does he make and what does it mean for us? You understand that for you to live, something has to die. So anytime you take a bite of a thick, juicy steak, something had to die for you to live. I mean, you, you eventually have to eat. And if you're going to eat, something has to die for you to be able to live. So that stake is literally, in a way, rescuing you from death. I mean, even if, even if you want to be a vegetarian and eat food that doesn't taste good, you can do that, but you, something still has to die in order for you to live. And then we see in the, in the song, The Circle of Life, in the movie The Lion King, Elton John sings this. And, and he's... And, and, if you've listened to the message of this song, it's basically saying this. Everyone has a purpose. Everything has a purpose in life. And that purpose is to die so that something else can live. The purpose is to die so that something else can live. And he puts some beautiful lyrics to it, and he puts some beautiful melodies to it. And so you say, yeah, this sounds great. Do you hear what you're singing, though, when you sing that song? Elton John has made death sound good by putting music to it. But listen, you can't make death pretty, inspiring, or meaningful. It's like you take a corpse, and you put some makeup on it, and put some pearls around its neck, but essentially what it now looks like is this dead pirate that a little girl is playing dolls with, and she's put some lipstick around its mouth and some pearls around it. But it's, you can't make death look pretty. What we need is someone to come and cut off this circle of death, or better yet, circle of life, or better yet, call it a circle of death. Cut it off so we can all just live. See, life is violent. And in order for you to live, it requires violence to something else. Until 
until one that is eternal dies to make everything else eternal. And that's what Jesus does. Listen, when that which is eternal dies for what is temporary, it makes that which is temporary eternal. You hear that? I'm going to say it again. When that which is eternal dies for what is temporary, it makes that which is temporary eternal. I think a lot of times, no, 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 okay, sorry, I lost my place here. When Jesus dies for you, when Jesus dies for you, you don't need anything else to die for you. You could literally just die right now, but you will live on, and you'll be all the more beautiful than you are right now. An animal is only temporary, so when you eat of it, you've got to eat it again because it's only temporary, so it can only temporarily sustain you. But when that which is eternal dies for you, you live on for eternity. But in order for you to have this, you have to cling to this eternal king by faith. You have to crown him as your war horse king. You've got to shout out, Hosanna, rescue me. Oh, Lord Jesus, rescue me. I think a lot of the times, the reason people don't come to Jesus is because they're not really dealing with the reality of death. Or, they're just pretending like it's not there. Or, they're trying to pretty it up a little bit like what Elton John is doing in the song. Are you okay with the circle of life or the circle of death? Like, are you okay with that? Or are you ready to hope for something that's a little bit more ambitious? You're buried in the grave right now, and Jesus is the seed that has come down, and if you grab hold of him, he will give you life and sprout you up out of the ground. And when you finally realize that, that you're like fertilizer right now, that's what Elton John is saying, you're like fertilizer, but if you will just grab hold of him, he will, he will give you life. When that happens, when you realize that, and you see him coming, that makes you shout out, Hosanna, oh Lord, save me. Jesus from this death that is coming to me, and that makes you like William Wallace, able to stare death in the face because you know it's only something you just pass through. And also, you don't just crown him as the warhorse king, you crown him as the donkey king who's come in peace. I think another reason why people don't come to Jesus is they're not really looking at their life through the lens that God does. They're prettying up their life like Elton John is doing with the song instead of dealing with the reality that what God is saying is that your life looks like treason to me. If we'll face the reality that we're not at peace with God, if we face that reality, then when we see him coming in on a donkey declaring peace, it's going to make us cry out, Hosanna, oh Lord, come and rescue me if we'll deal with that reality. But you've got to crown him as king. And you can't just crown him as king, but you've got to do something else. You've got to follow him. And actually, in this text, we see the secret to having an eternal life that starts right now. We see the secret of how to have peace right now, not some distant future. We start to see how we begin to live like William Wallace and how we begin to live like Mother Teresa. And the secret is how you can tap into what is eternal right now. And what it does is, what you're doing is you're following after him, but you're following after something specific that he does. And here's the secret. If you love this life, if you love your life, 
you're going to lose it. But it says, if you hate your life in this world, then you'll find life. So if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you hate your life in this world, you're going to find life. Now, here's how you've got to think about this. If you love this world, you're going to go into this world looking for peace, happiness, satisfaction, and flourishing in this world. Only it's not here, it's in another world. But if you'll hate your life in this world, then that means you're going to go start looking for peace, happiness, and flourishing in another world where it is the world that you are made for. Does that mean you're supposed to walk around life miserable and unhappy? No, that's not what it's saying. In fact, if you will tap into this, you will find that you're going to be happier in this life than you are currently, and you're going to have more satisfaction and more flourishing. So what does it mean to hate your life? It's all about where you are tapping into for your happiness, your flourishing, and your peace. And if you go to it here in this world, it's saying you're not going to find it. You're not going to find the life that you're made for. But if you'll go and search for it in another world, you will find it there. If you die to life in this world, you'll find it in the world where it is. I'm not saying die. Die to yourself now is what it's saying. We all try to get heaven out of this world. We're all trying to do that. But here's the paradox. If you don't seek it here, it will be here. If you don't seek peace here, it will be here. If you don't seek flourishing here, it will be here. If you don't seek, ha- seek happiness here, it will be here. Now, let me, let me explain a way to think about this. So you live in this world that's not offering you any peace, joy, happiness, satisfaction, flourishing. So here's what it's saying to do in a sense. Take a telescope and look up into the world that you were made for. And what you will find is peace, happiness, and flourishing is in that world you are made for. And if you on this earth look up into that, look up into the world you are made for, look at the king of peace, then it will allow you to have peace, flourishing, and happiness here and now. You've got to look up into the telescope, though, to see the world that you are made for. And when we grab that telescope that's pointing up to heaven where we're looking, we're able to bring then heaven to earth. Did you hear that? When you look up through that telescope into heaven, you're able to bring heaven to earth. Do you know what that does? That fills you with so much meaning and purpose and value because what it's saying is that you can actually build there what is build here what is up there. And that means what you do today will last forever. In the gladiator, there's this line. I love this line. And he says, let what we do today echo on into eternity. Let what we do today echo on into eternity. And the only way that that can be true is if you're looking up into the kingdom of God and you're looking at what you see there and you're working to build what you see up there here on the earth. And if you will do that, your life will be filled with so much meaning because what it means is everything that you're doing is lasting forever. But you gotta look up through it. And you got to see that you're building the kingdom of God here. Now, let me get really practical here. So if you're someone who loves approval, I'm I'm someone who loves approval. I crave it. It's unhealthy. And, And here's the thing. If you're craving approval, here's what you do. In order for you to have peace, if you're trying to find peace in this world and you need approval, what you do is you find approval from the people around you. And so then 
in order for you to have peace, everyone around you has to like you. And if they don't, then you're not at peace. And so you go to people and you're like, come on, just love me. I mean, you're not saying that, but your, your actions are declaring it. Just love me. Just, just make me feel like I'm awesome. And if you do that and, and they say that, then you feel like you're at peace. But, but here's the thing. People, not everybody's going to like you. <laughs> maybe you're a jerk or maybe, or maybe just some people don't like other people. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so you're not going to be at peace. But if you can look up through that telescope, what you're going to see is the king of peace. And what you're going to find is that he has all the love that he has for you because of your faith. And there's nothing you can do or not do that's going to make him approve of you more or less. His love for you is constant and it's never ending. And that is how you can have peace and eternal life here and now. It starts now. It doesn't start when you die. Or take people who love to be in control. So if you love to be in control, in order for you to have peace, you've got to be able to control the world around you. Now, I don't know if you know this or not yet, but you're really not in control. And so you're not going to be at peace. But if you will look up through that telescope, you're going to see a God who loves you. And you're going to see a God who is in control of everything. And you can say, okay, if God loves me, and if he's in control of any, everything, then I don't want control. If he's powerful God, I want to just give him control. And then what you're able to do is let go of everything that you feel like you've got to control. And then you can have peace flourishing now. Or you take love. Now, when you love people, sometimes you're going to get rejected. Sometimes you're going to be hurt by the people you love. And if you're building your life here in this world, if you're going to this world to have the life that you want and someone rejects your love, what's going to happen is you're going to be fearful of loving people because you might get hurt again. And so you kind of tuck your heart away not to love anymore. But if you will look up through that telescope, what you're going to find is a God who loves you and he's relentless in his love and he delights in you always because of the faith that you have. And because of that, you've got all the love that you could ever want and more from the one who really truly matters. And so when people reject you and they turn your love away, your world doesn't end because he is enough for you. But you got to be looking through that telescope. And by the way, if you're like, give me the telescope. Where, what is that telescope? How do I look through that telescope? It's the word of God. It's the Bible. Get into it. It will help you understand what I'm saying. But that is the lens. That's the telescope to look up into the kingdom of God. He's the only king that's going to give you the peace and the flourishing that you long for. Because he is the only king who will go down into the ground like a grain, like a seed, and die in order for you to have life. And he's eternal, so he sprouts you up out of the ground, and you keep growing in this world until one day you get into the world that you are made for, and you are living the way you're meant to live. But you've got to grab hold of him. And you've got to grab that telescope and look up, and here's what you see. When you see that king of peace, here's what you see him do. You see him upon the cross, suffering in the place of those who have committed treason. The thunder was a perfect timing. I don't know if you heard that. I planned that. 
you see the king of kings suffering treason, suffering the punishment of treason, so you could be at peace with God forever. So you could have a restored relationship forever. Nothing that you can do can steal that peace away from you because he handled it all on the cross. All of it. And there's going to come a day when he comes into this world on a horse. And that's the day when he wipes evil from this world and everything becomes the way it's meant to be. Where there's no hurting, death, or pain and everything is flourishing the way that it's meant to be. That is the king of peace. You've got to go to him. You've got to crown him. You've got to follow him. You've got to make him your everything because he's made you his everything. Let's pray. Father, help us to believe this is true. We believe, but help our unbelief, God. Take our doubts and show us all the reasons why we should crumble them up and throw them in the trash. Show us all the reasons why you really are the king that we should go running to because you've come in on a donkey towards us. God, we want to trust you. Help us do it. We want to make you our everything because you've made us yours. Help us to do it. God, and as we as we are offering our lives to you, God, I pray that we would not hold anything back, that we would surrender every single little bit of us to you. And that as we sing these words, Hosanna, that they, we, they would be shouts of rescue, knowing this is our prayer, oh Lord, rescue us. Pursue us, God, as we sing to you. Show us you are the God that we want. And you are real. You're not just some concept or some idea, but you are the real God. We pray all this in Jesus' name.